0: Okay. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to our podcast. You're listening to episode number two. Cody and I actually, we have a new name for our podcast. I know in our last Hmm. podcast, we kind of agreed on BSKB. But courtesy of Cody's sister, we have a new name. And that name is one and a half Asians. Yeah. So thank you, Tara Goodale. Yeah,
1: T underscore goods.
0: So thank you for that name. We will be going with one and a half Asians going forward. I really like that name, Cody.
1: Yeah, it makes me smile. I
0: know. So, thank you everyone for tuning in again. Again, my name is Wu Yi, and my co-host here is Cody Goodale. Hello. And this is a good week. Cody, you turned 31 this week.
1: Yeah, the beginning of the week. 31 years old. How do you feel? I feel good, Wu. Uh, So, like most of us, I ended up having to work on my birthday. Oh, damn. Um had a little bit of a frantic day that day, Woo, um, Let me tell you with the story.
0: Interesting birthday story coming up.
1: So I'm a cook, and I had to do two different things for my lunch function. So I was cooking for people who came into the restaurant, uh, guests, as you would any normal. But we also had a, uh, a business meeting, so they had a buffet that we had to put out. All of that happening at 12 o'clock, starting at 12 o'clock. So... The a la carte stuff I had ready. I had all my mise en place ready. I was ready to go. So I was focusing mostly on getting all the buffet food at. So for me, I had to get um, enough food for 40 people. A tray of roasted carrots, tossed in maple syrup, and some toasted hazelnuts. Uh. uh, A barley risotto, enough for 40 people. And a potato and lake soup. So all of this has to get hot at the same time, and I have to put it out to the buffet. But what happened was... Uh, the kitchen I work in is really large and has several different levels and different areas And I was running around getting this all done and the last thing that I was gonna do before I Sent the food out uh, was pour the soup and at which point I realized I had burnt The soup, Woo. Oh, no. Burnt. So I have 40 minutes When I realize that the soup is burnt and I look at the clock and it's like time slowed down <laughs> Oh my god, the soup's burnt. I can't serve this. Do I have any more soup? I don't have any more soup. And I make soup in 40 minutes, and just as that thought crossed my mind, my sous chef, who was standing right beside me, smells the soup and was just like, "You've got to go, go!" <laughs> so I frantically run to the walk-in fridge and I grab all the vegetables I can grab—onions, carrots, celery—and I run back upstairs and I start furiously cutting all these vegetables. And I get two big rondos on and I start sautéing all the veg. Time's Jeez. ticking down—35 minutes. And then I started slicing all the potatoes, and at this point, my other cooks who I work with realize what's happening, so they all come over. So there's like four of us peeling potatoes, slicing potatoes. Long story short, Wu, with two and a half minutes to spare, I made ten liters of potato and leek soup. Got it seasoned, got it tasting beautiful, and sent it out piping hot. What a way to spend a birthday. <laughs> and, yeah, at that point, uh, I'm relatively new at work, uh, so nobody knew it was my birthday, and uh, everyone's kind of like, you know, giving me a hard time about yeah. it being a rough day. And I was like, guys, it's actually, that's it's my actually birthday. actually my <laughs>
0: birthday. Oh, okay, we'll, we'll take it easy on you just for a little bit.
1: Well, exactly. My uh, sous chef says he wasn't going to yell at me that day, but... Uh, Damn, that's a... Maybe in the future.
0: <laughs> that's a terrible way to spend a birthday,
1: You know what? At the time, it was not the most fun, but uh, I made it through. We made it happen. That's what you have to do. When you face problems and adversity, you just find a solution. And uh, I can laugh about it now. Yeah. Did you do anything after work, at least? After work? When you got home? You know, it was was nice. Uh, There were some birthday cards waiting from grandmas, and my Mm. mom was there. She she gave me the birthday card, so nothing crazy. I actually ended up doing laundry, because... That's a responsibility of life and mm. just relax after a tough day.
0: So a birthday's kinda like just a regular day for you, like Yeah, I don't expect to Good be pampered
1: or anything. It's always nice just to hear when people reach out to you, friends yeah. and family. Uh my brother and I, uh our birthdays are four days apart, so we always kinda celebrate as a unit. My brother's birthday's uh coming up tomorrow. Wait, what what's day? This is on the seventeenth, so his is in two days, so mm. shout out to Casey. Happy early birthday. Hey, Casey. Uh, so, yeah, in a couple of days, uh, once his birthday passed, we'll kind of celebrate his unit all together.
0: Cool. It's completely different from my family. We celebrate everyone's birthday. Yeah? Every single birthday, we have to gather for dinner. Yeah? Yeah. It's kind of a thing.
1: It's a thing? Well, it's nice to have oh Well, things.
0: before, you know, before, like, when we lived, like, well, I used to live with my parents, but, yeah. you know, before we were married, my mom would kind of take care of all those birthday responsibilities, like, mm-hmm. making us making us the special traditional Korean foods in the morning mm. and then having dinner ready. Like my mom would be the responsible person for making us our birthday food. Yeah. But then now that we're older, we can't just let our birthdays pass because it's kind of, my mom wants to celebrate, but she also wants a break. She she kind of just yeah, wants to be invited. Yeah. She kind of just wants to be invited to the party and She's just enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. So she kind of expects us to celebrate our birthdays <laughs> these days. She doesn't. She doesn't want to do anything. Okay. Of course, she just kind of wants to lay back and enjoy. Yeah, it's kind of our wives' responsibilities now to yeah. prepare our birthday plan for our birthday. If we're going to a restaurant, make the reservations, plan everything out. So birthdays are a big deal in the yeah. in the Yi residence.
1: Hmm. What about you? What have you been up to since our last podcast?
0: I had a pretty slow week, actually. Yeah, my normal days are actually just waking up feeding my kids <laughs> yeah. well, my, my kids are my alarm clock so I kind of get as much sleep as I can yeah. wake up when I hear them crying and then my day starts from just feeding them breakfast. For those of you listening, I'd, uh, I actually don't have a regular day job I guess you can kind of call me a stay at home father right now but I did start my own company about a year ago. My background is not in health, it's actually in finance but one of the things that kind of, I've been thinking about every time that I went to work when I was in finance was I got to, I got to get out of here. Like this, (laughs) this, this field is killing me. And I kind of kept wanting to think like, what's my passion? What do I want to do with my life? And I kept kind of fighting it because, you know, when you grow up, you kind of want to do something different than what your parents are doing. Yep. And I always kind of thought like, I got to do something in a different field than my father. My father's in the health field. Yeah. Uh, natural health, uh, vitamin supplements, and I don't know for some reason, I just thought I should be doing something different, like yeah. not that I think i don't know i didn't I didn't think that he would be disappointed if I was in the same field as him, but I think for some reason, I thought in my mind like oh, he would want me to be successful in a different yeah. field, but that wasn't the case. actually. I told him you know i it's not working out in finance, and I told him I might want to do something in natural health. And he was happy. He was yeah. happy about it. He was happy that he had someone that he can maybe pass the torch to. Mm-hmm. So last year I started my own company in uh, the natural health industry. Uh, right now I started, a s- started as a supplement company, making supplements. So I have one supplement out right now. It's an uh, Omega-3 product. Yeah. I'll put a link to it actually in our podcast if, any- yeah. and if anyone's interested. I won't spend too much time talking about it here. But um, I know I'm rambling here. But what I did this week (laughs) is, uh, I don't know if anyone keeps up with the news, um, something interesting happened in Ontario regarding the cannabis industry. And they're actually going to start allowing uh, private retail to start selling cannabis. So it won't just be... So previous reports, they were saying it would kind of be only controlled by the government. So you would only be able to buy marijuana from like LCBO or government-run agencies. Yeah. But that's actually changed with the new government that came in with Doug Ford's government. He's actually yeah. going to be allowing private retail sales yeah. of marijuana. So I've been reading a little bit about uh, licensing <laughs> <laughs> in the marijuana industry because I think it would be cool to get into that industry and mm. well, was think be about dealer. yeah, think about selling marijuana and using it as an alternative medicine for people who are experiencing. Oh, so you would be
1: putting it through the lens of alternative medicine yes. rather yes. than just kind of coming in and getting a hive?
0: Yes. So that's kind of my goal. I know my father runs uh, a health food store. Yep. He focuses mainly on herbal health and using herbs to... Weed is an herb. So it it fits, Makes sense. it fits hand in hand. So if they're going to be giving licenses away to sell marijuana... Yep, I would think it's a responsible thing to do to have health food stores. Yeah, that have makes them, sense. Or people who are specialized in uh, working with herbs yep. and herbalists. And my father is an herbalist by trade. Yep. That's what he studied in Korea. I've been studying herbs uh to be an herbalist myself.
1: Recreational herbs? No,
0: no, that? not recreational. I have tried and I haven't <laughs> I have tried it. I'll I'll tell the truth. I have tried it and the experience was not the greatest. Yeah. I was, I was actually just, I was in a panic, and it's not for me. But I do believe it's a form of alternative health that can help a lot of people. Absolutely. And I am definitely interested in learning more about it and finding out how the licensing process is going to work. Yeah. So hopefully in the future, I'll be able to start selling marijuana. That's kind of a goal of mine to see. I know it's 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 not going to be any time this year. I, th- I was reading that they might not even have any programs in place until the summer of two thousand nineteen. Okay. Any consultation because I think there's a there's it, since it's kind of new there's going to be a long process of absolutely of licensing people and getting the right education and training out to the people who are licensed. Yep. So it's not just your regular dispensary that you see. It's going to be a legit setup that I'm looking to have here. So more information on that will come as I kind of research a little bit more about it. But You heard it
1: here <laughs> first, folks.
0: Woo-chill. Yes. Going to be selling weed. Yes, so that's- But in a responsible, In a responsible manner. way. So that's kind of what I've been thinking about. I um, like that, Woo. It's always nice to ch- change and grow and expand yeah. your horizons. The only thing is, I've read that these licenses could be very expensive.
1: Yeah, but the marijuana market is lucrative. Yeah. It's not like there isn't a market for it. It's
0: clearly there. Yeah, so I've always kind of been a step behind. Like, you always feel like you're behind when you, when you start something, but this is kind of an industry I'd like to get in as it's still new, it's yeah. still fresh. And I think there's an opportunity there for, for me and for my father. And yeah. hopefully we can educate people on the different uses.
1: Well, in THC, the active ingredient in marijuana is fat soluble, so maybe you make like a omega three THC supplement. Yeah, that's. <laughs> we'll we'll think about that down the road, maybe. But yeah, no, I'm just teasing. It's a little <laughs> out of my league. Yeah, that's a that's a lot to take on at first, but uh, no, that's that's awesome. Yeah, so that's what I've been thinking about. So, to listeners out there, we decided on the new uh, the new name for the podcast and kind of dawned on, on us that we should be having some sort of social media presence. So with the, uh, the birth of the One and a Half Asians podcast, we were talking about getting a One and a Half Asians Instagram account and uh, Snapchat, all of that social media stuff. and Make it official? Make it official. Um, and then we could follow all of our favorite basketball players. Uh, the one that I, I noticed this week who had a pretty cool social media presence was uh, our boy Freddie Van Fleet, Steady Freddie. Uh, I did saw you see yeah, this
0: move? I did see that. Yeah, he was playing. He was playing pickup just with local Toronto ballers, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't see a lot of it, but I I did see some clips of him just messing around, dribbling around the guy. Yeah, making the guy in the corner, in
1: the left corner. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I, I think that's great, though. Like he's actually making himself, you know, getting out there in the city and yeah. showing himself and. Committing to being a part of the city.
1: Absolutely. And
0: I know you were talking about it. Someone who was very committed to Toronto, who we no longer have anymore, yep. was DeMar DeRozan. And like you said, you, you wanted to see someone fill his shoes.
1: And Yeah, to really embrace the city. It's one thing to rep Toronto when you're here, getting paid and playing your games, but... If you rep the city and then go home and you never come back and you're not here and like we got a lot of stuff going on. Like everyone comes into town for Carabana, like I get that. But if you're here just on a random weekday in August and you show up and play some some ball out in Toronto, I think that's yeah. I think that's super cool. It reminds me of kinda like not nearly the kind of lore, but like the Rucker Park games when like Kobe or Kevin Durant just kinda showed up. Yeah, like yeah. it's neat. That builds a camaraderie, like uh, a notoriety. I think it's a really cool thing that he did, and I'd love to see other Raptors kind of step up and and do some things like that. And oh, yeah, that'd be cool to see other Raptors, like
0: OG oh. or Siakam come out and play some street ball.
1: But you know what? And, like, kudos to, to Fred. Um, that wasn't a paid promotion. That wasn't... Yeah. There was something already going on. He just thought it would be cool, and I think that speaks to his character as a basketball player. Um, I know the Raptors team... Um, Masai Jerry focuses very much on, on character And I really liked what Fred showed there I think that's something that's really cool And obviously it made a huge impact on on those fans And, and they'll only be more motivated to watch and cheer the team on
0: Yeah, could you imagine, like, you're playing pickup basketball And, like, <laughs> one of your favorite players comes I don't know about them, I don't know if their favorite player is Fred Van Fleet But he became my favorite, one oh, yeah. of my favorites over the past year and, Well, you like, talked
1: about having an affinity
0: for some of the smaller ballers yeah. I would have loved to have someone like Fred Van Fleet. Yeah, I think he's too big right now because you know <laughs> he played really well last year.
1: Oh, uh, it was phenomenal. Um,
0: but who you never know. Still, we we could have him on the show in the future.
1: Oh, uh, one day, Freddie, love to have you out.
0: Kind of reminds me of like how Kevin Durant used to be. Like he used to be a super cool guy in OKC when he was. <laughs> so he's no longer a super he, cool he guy. He used. Let me emphasize that he used to be a cool guy. <laughs> when I would read stories about him playing, like like football with local yeah. okc people and then all of a sudden he turned all douchey and <laughs> like a jerk he became fake the, accounts
1: yeah just jerk he, he people beca- on instagram he's the
0: weirdest guy to me i don't know we're, we're getting off topic but kevin durant's
1: just uh. yeah it's interesting i feel like he's lost kind of the fun and he's more into the business side now yeah i think that's kind of the essence of what i would take away Why don't we get into some basketball talk? Some Raptor news? Some Raptor news.
0: And there's actually not a lot going on with the Raptors these days. It's been a a while since any news has actually come up, but since we're here, I wanted to get your take on the Greg Monroe signing.
1: Well, first of all, I'd like to say that his nickname as the Moose, I really like. Moose super Canadian. Um, I think we could maybe run with that as a player. I, I I can't speak to his character. I haven't really watched him intently in the league, uh, but to me, he's kind of like a poor man's version of uh, Jonas Valanciunas, and I think it's weird that we would have a backup that brings the exact same game as our starter. Um, and I, if I were building a team, maybe I would try to get a little bit more of a variety. And like you looked at Baybay last year, it was neat that we yeah. could sub out Jonas and. Insert someone who had a completely different dynamic and changed the pace and style of the game, and I think it'll be interesting to see how Greg Monroe plays. Like he, he's he's pretty decent. Big yeah,
0: he's decent. I mean, I, I'll I'll give him that. He is a veteran, yeah, and, he and does, that is nice to see. He does play well. He he plays his position well. Yeah. He does what a center is supposed to do. He shoots around the fifty sixty percent range. Yeah, he gets a double double. Like I was reading a report that he's an automatic double double guy. Yeah. And another report I was reading is one of the reasons for the signing is actually to cover themselves from a potential injury to JV. Yeah, so that's if, a great point. So if there is an injury that does happen to JV, because he has been injured in the past late into, into the season yep. when we've actually needed him, yep. putting in a guy like Greg Monroe...
1: He's a good insurance ball. Yes.
0: So he, someone who you know can score, someone who you know can rebound.
1: And rebounding's huge with this team because when we didn't have Jonas out, like we were getting out rebounded yeah. like crazy.
0: And also another thing is his passing. Greg Monroe's passing is actually yeah. not as bad as uh, you would think from a big man.
1: Yep. Yeah, he's got a relatively deft touch.
0: So I think I mean I didn't I when I first look at it, it kind of just seems like a move that won't help the raptors that much from an injury perspective yes it i guess it does cover them a little bit yeah but does he make a huge difference i don't think so i don't think he'll be here longer than one year yeah i don't think he'll show that much i mean he's the type of guy historically i when i looked at his numbers like i kind of i don't keep i've never kept up with craig monroe that much but when i looked at his numbers he's a type of guy who i think needs around consistent playing time, like 20, 20 minutes yeah. around there. Will I don't know if the Raptors can give him that much time. I agree with that. And for someone who you bring in in case a JV gets injured, will he be effective not being in the lineup?
1: Yeah. Will, will he, he be able to find the rhythm? Yeah.
0: So I don't know about that. I don't think so. I kind of just think he'll be on the bench. Well, you never know. I mean, Nick Nurse, he likes to try different types of lineups. He might find a way to get him into lineup absolutely and play consistently but otherwise if he's not playing consistently i don't think that's gonna make a big difference
1: so when this signing first came out the uh so i'm a i'm a redditor i follow the toronto raptors on the our toronto raptors subreddit and a bunch of the boston celtic fans came over to our subreddit after the signing and uh they kind of said some things. The general consensus was he's he's a pretty big defensive liability, yeah, uh, and that he's slow footed, uh, but he has the ability to make a big impact on a game. They quoted a couple of games throughout the year where Boston was kind of looking down and out. It looked like you know towards the latter half of the third quarter that it was they were going to lose, but then Greg Monroe came in and and just got buckets and all of a sudden kind of turned the tide of the game, and that he has that ability. And I think you know if we're gonna get a bench player, it's nice to know that our bench player has the ability to come in and shift the momentum and uh, get the pendulum swinging in the other direction. Okay. So shout out to the uh, to the Celtics fans coming in from Reddit to to give me maybe a little bit of an inside scoop that I would have never gleaned on my own. Yeah, I have to actually I have to get on Reddit. I don't <laughs> I don't use Reddit that
0: much. I've downloaded the app, but I'm actually embarrassed to say I don't really know how to use
1: it. Uh, honestly, Woo, uh, Reddit is designed to be intimidating to first-time users. Okay. So you shouldn't, you shouldn't be embarrassed. It takes a while to get used to, but then you're used to it.
0: Okay. So Greg Monroe, I hope it works out. Absolutely. I hope I hope Nick Nurse finds a way to put him in the lineup. I, I just don't want him to be riding the bench all year, and then when we need him, not him not having the time on the court that he needed to get comfortable playing with, yeah. The starters or the second unit.
1: Well, I think there was two other things that kind of points that were brought up is that it was interesting to know that when you look at the historical matchup between Greg Monroe and Jonas Valanciunas uh, professionally is that Greg Monroe always seemed to have the upper hand. He kind of pushed JV around. Yeah. Um, but going could be battling against each other in practice, and I yeah. think the day-to-day grind is only going to make JV better. That's a good point, yeah. They could... Yeah, I'm sure that would help JV a lot. Yeah, because Greg Monroe seems to always push him outside of the comfort zone. So maybe JV learns a little bit about how to get under people's skin, which he's already pretty good at. Maybe learns a little thing about angles and and boxing out because they're both terrific rebounders. So there's always something to be learned internally from each other. And I think that's something that I often overlook when I'm assessing uh, trades and and character or uh, player signings.
0: I do want to touch on Kawhi Leonard again. Yeah? Let's kind of just have fun with some scenarios here. If he stays No, no, let's stay let's start with what if he if he leaves Toronto after the year.
1: So plays one year. Yeah,
0: plays one year with Toronto and then goes signs with the Lakers or the Clippers. Okay. Does that put Toronto in that bad of a position or do you think we'll still be okay?
1: I think that I think we'll be fine. I think when you look at the way the contracts are kind of situated, yeah. uh, him and Danny Green are both coming off the books at the end of the year, and then we would only have one more year. We'd have expiring contracts in Serge Ibaka, Kyle Lowry, and you know Alan Chunis. I think that puts us in a very flexible position. And as I've said before, and I will say time and time again, I have the utmost faith in our, uh, in our leader Masai. And I think... He took a swing with Kawhi, and I feel very good about it. But if he decides to leave, that puts us in a position where we will have some cap room to sign incoming free agents and we will have valuable expiring contracts to deal at the trade deadline to get some value in return to help us move forward. And it's not like we don't have young players already in place to develop. We have Fred Van We have Pascal Siakam. We have DeLon Wright. We have OG. We have players who could start to become the new cornerstones of the franchise should that be how the scenario plays out yeah you know
0: it's weird you know how like the risk that toronto took with Kawhi. yeah bringing him here kind of hoping to persuade him to stay yeah let's say you know it's kind of same thing that happened with Cleveland. They brought in all these stars. It wasn't working out mid-season. They, they traded them away. They traded away they Isaiah heads, Thomas. Yeah. yeah, they traded away Derrick Rose. They traded away Isaiah Thomas. D-Wade. Do you see... Yeah, D-Wade. Do you see a scenario where if things aren't working out as planned in Toronto with Kawhi Leonard, for some reason, I think... Oh, you mean could, like trading yeah, could, him mid-season? Could they trade him mid-season? to get something back instead of cuz I don't know I just thought about that. I just kind of been thinking about that is 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 getting him and this was I was thinking about this as soon as when the trade happened with DeMar DeRozan mm-hmm. because in my mind we weren't going to continue with DeMar DeRozan anyways no matter yeah. what I think Masai kind of already made his decision that the franchise is not going to go in that direction with DeMar DeRozan anymore
1: yeah
0: so if you think of it as just getting a better player so you have better chips to trade in the future yeah knowing that this person might still leave to go to la maybe we can maybe another team will want to take a risk and take a gamble yeah take a gamble and trade for him and now toronto has that trading chip
1: i think it's an interesting point where i actually hadn't thought about it in that uh that point of view he could become a valuable chip this season. Yeah, him and Danny Green, they're both expiring. Yeah,
0: we have, we have him now. You, there's other teams that I think definitely would maybe, like Boston or like a Philadelphia, might...
1: What kind of return are we going to get for a player who has said he doesn't want and they only get... they're not even getting a full season. They're getting, what, two and a half months out of them at the at the trade deadline?
0: No, no, but we're still... We're, they're taking the same risk that Toronto took. The Toronto kind of... Took the gamble, thinking that they can persuade him to stay. But after now these one players,
1: year. or these other teams who would get him at the trade deadline, do they think they have a chance at signing him after two and a half months in the organization?
0: Who knows? That's mm. that's kind of my my. I say the only reason I would say that would only way that scenario plays out is not a report that says, "Oh, Kawhi Leonard is it's still going to go to L.A." Yeah. My scenario is. He's he's on the team. He's playing, but the Toronto Raptors are not playing well.
1: Oh, so he's the not yet. Yeah, there's
0: good. no report. Yeah, there's, there's no report that says he wants to definitely leave yeah. and go to LA. My scenario is kind of just like Cleveland's, where they're just they thought it would work. He comes in. It's not going as well as they thought. We're playing worse than we did last year.
1: I don't know. Lou. I I feel like it's a, weird, yeah, no, it's a weird. I know it's there's a weird. There's zero th- chance of that happening. Uh, I'm feeling very good yeah. about the team still. I mean, I think they'll play very
0: well still. Like
1: oh, absolutely.
0: There's no way I think you, you've replaced. <laughs> you've upgraded. Th- I'll say this again, board. yeah. You you you've definitely upgraded trading away Demar Derozan.
1: Yeah,
0: I'm, I'm still hating on him. I shouldn't, but
1: I'm not hating on my man Demar. But
0: I'm, I'm why is
1: a massive upgrade. Yes, so
0: I guess that scenario is kind of way out there, but
1: it's an interesting point of view. We'll have to see how the 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 season progresses.
0: Because. Yeah, there's some crazy stuff that happens in the NBA. So that especially
1: would, these last few years.
0: That would be kind of an interesting thing to see. But Moving on to my next question then. If he does stay, if Kawhi Leonard does decide to stay in Toronto and sign with Toronto, does that now make Toronto the destination in the Eastern Conference for free agents?
1: I think it puts us in contention with the Philly and the Bostons. I mean, all three of us are cold weather markets. You can't say we're colder than Boston. And Boston, honestly, I'm pretty sure Boston got hit with more snowstorms last year than we did. Uh, when you look, because they're just on the coast and they got hit with more stuff. I think the word is out there. We had the All Star Game a couple years back, and and the marquee players got to see what we have to offer. We've built brand new facilities. We're a downtown uh, arena. Like, there's lots of things going on in Toronto that people kind of overlook. In Maybe the heads start turning when they see the consistency that we've been putting out. They could see that we've brought in and maintained one of the marquee players in the entire league. And then we have an upcoming crop of young players to sustain that growth. I think, yeah, I think you would have to be silly not to at least take a glance.
0: Would you think a player of uh, Anthony Davis's caliber, when he becomes a free agent, do you think they would be willing to sign in Toronto?
1: hmm that's tough I think if you ask for the quality like of his pedigree I think yes they would take a look but my gut tells me Anthony Davis likes being the marquee player like being with that franchise the whole time kind of like how DeMar liked being he wanted to be that singular franchise Um, I could be wrong on that but that's just kind of my gut feeling he feels happy to be where he is and he wants to build something rather than leaving and joining Um, But I think marquee players are absolutely going to take a look and ponder.
0: Okay. Because I was reading an article by, I think it was Raptors Rupture. Oh, yeah? And they were bringing bringing up something like Toronto could go after someone like an Anthony Davis when he becomes a free agent in 2020. Yep. I think it's 2020. And Toronto, I mean, it's a pretty good, it's a very good city to come to. And he's also... If the organization that he's playing for doesn't show that they're committing. improving, yeah, I mean, they just lost DeMarcus Cousins, which yep. they were playing well with him. Yep. And they just lost Rajon Rondo. Yep. They lost a bunch of players that helped them on their run this year, yeah. even to get to the playoffs. And he was a beast yeah. at the end of the year. If he doesn't see any improvement in the organization, yeah. That might be enough, and Masai is pretty. Yeah,
1: he's a smart man,
0: good negotiator. in In my eyes, he could be able to to bring him in. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think we've put ourselves in a position as a franchise to at least get a conversation. We're a large market. We're an entire country. Honestly, as much as the media hypes the inconvenience of having to cross an international border in order to come to Toronto, like. I've crossed that border.
0: I hate that argument. It's, by the way, it's, it's the it worst seems silly argument. I, for some reason, it just seems like it's brought up by these reporters that don't know anything about. Yeah, that's coming their to default Canada argument about the currency argument. You have to change well, your currency, currency, and you have to go across the border. Like,
1: and then the taxes. The state of New York, the city of New York is a city state within a state, and I'm pretty sure their taxes are higher than the Canadian taxes. So why isn't taxes ever brought up when players talk about going to a large market like New York? Exactly. It just seems it's, it's flabbergasting. I don't know.
0: I, I, could, I see Toronto becoming a better destination for free agents, especially because we've been winning. Yeah. Like you can't, winning cures all. Yeah, you can't deny that Toronto has been playing extremely well. In Toronto, man, Vince Carter used to play here. Yeah. Vince Carter. He put us on
1: the map. We can't say Air Canada Carter anymore. I guess we gotta call it Scotia Bank. Scotia. I don't even know how to, to swing that. Sorry, <laughs> Scotia Bank, but like Air Canada that that, that was the dream. That was, was the re- best name. <laughs> I was
0: actually reading um, Greg Monroe, his number is fifteen, right? Yeah. I think is Toronto gonna give him that number?
1: I assume so. Okay, I, okay. I feel like all <laughs> the I was reading, uh, I, was, I, was reading I was
0: reading an Instagram post and they're like like, y'all have 80-something numbers. You're going to give them 15? <laughs> like, so much disrespect.
1: Well, like, and, like, another homegrown uh, player who I appreciate, Amir Johnson, also wore 15. Like, those are two yeah. players that are, like, close to my heart in Raptor history.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, that that's it for, for today's episode. Yeah. Episode two
1: of uh, One and a Half Asians. One and a Half Asians.
0: Thank you again to Tara Goodale. Yeah. We love the name. As soon as you mentioned it, I was like, I have to talk to Cody, and we might have to do a name change. It was a revelation. And when we met today, we're like, yeah, we're changing the name. (laughs) (laughs) So this is One and a Half Asians signing out.
1: Yeah. Thank you very much for listening.
0: Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week.